This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680 CJOB. Welcome to the show. How's everybody feeling uh, post-Super Bowl yesterday? How are you feeling, Jim Toth, most importantly? I feel okay. I'm a little tired, you know, a little, uh, no, you a know, tired. it's a Monday case of the Mondays, but I'm, I'm sure looking forward to Super Sunday or Super Tuesday. I mean, Super Sunday was yesterday. I'm excited for Tuesday. My, our Tuesday talk last week got me. Oh, it's really boosted so today's Tuesday Monday, with you. little ass, ah, slow. Super Tuesday. Rough sleep and get up, but I'm, I'm ready to go and I'm ready to go. Uh, for the week, and I'm just happy some Jets hockey was back. Uh, yeah, that was great. Of course, we'll get to the game on Saturday. The Winnipeg Jets uh, involved in a practice right now. Uh, we'll get to that in uh, a moment's time here. We'll talk a little bit of Super Bowl right off the bat. Jim, uh, what do you think of the game? Well, I, you're not allowed to avoid the topic. This is a talk radio uh, program. You can't avoid it. Well, I'm going to have Eric Nelson on from Minneapolis, who was at Super Bowl week all week. And get into this game as well at <laughs> one o'clock today. That's when yeah. Eric's going to join me. Mm-hmm. So uh, I re- I thought it was a great game. Like yeah. I really did. I I had the Eagles and I was disappointed. Um, I don't know. As I said last week, I I should like the Chiefs. There's nothing not to like about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I figured out what it is, and it's Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is him. arguably uh, probably will be the best tight end. I can't stand the guy. Well, I, I was annoyed in his post game where him and Patrick Mahomes comes out and he goes like, you know, when you talk about the Chiefs, talk with respect. I'm like, who's been disrespecting the no Chiefs? No one of you picked us. Nobody picked us. Half the planet picked you. Half the planet picked you. Where do they? You know, this I whole telling the, the mayor of Cincinnati yeah. to shut up. And this whole, like, none of you picked us and blah, 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 I, I, blah. I always find these hyper-competitive guys so funny because, it, like, maybe that's just what it is. Like, you have to be take such offense to any sort of possible slight and you use that as motivation. I find him um, – look, he's the best tight end, I believe, in the history of the game once but, it's all said and done. Yeah, he probably so will So nothing be. against his game or anything like that. I totally respect that. This – like, when he's calling – like, he's a 14-year-old who watches wrestling. <laughs> to me. So I get that that's fun and I get yeah. that he's going to party and I'm not about like I'm not an old man yelling at the cloud. You're in the NFL, you should be having fun. You're winning Super Bowls, you should be partying and enjoying it. Yeah. Stop treating the camera like it's the whole world against you. I know more Chiefs fans than any other sport. I do. In this yeah. I, I I had three football people on the show last week. They all took the Chiefs. Somebody reached out to me last night and said, well, they did because everybody was on the Bills and, and the Chargers. And I said, I heard the Bills, Chargers, San Fran, and Kansas City could all win the Super Bowl at the start of the year. Then they went 16-3. and three. And I don't know a lot of people that thought they couldn't win the Super Bowl. No. I picked the Eagles. I thought the Eagles were the better team. And still half the people I know, including the three I had on the show, took the Chiefs. Nobody did not pick you. Would it be crazy when, when to Mahomes say... When Mahomes won the MVP, did anybody go, don't bet against Mahomes? Like, this whole us against the world thing, and he's yelling at the Cincinnati mayor, and first of all, and then somebody reached out to me on social media last night and said, the entire Fox broadcast crew took the Eagles. He's talking about that. And I said, that's my problem with Travis Kelsey. If you are, during your pregame of the Super Bowl, watching TV and seeing who's picking you, I have a problem with that. No, you're nuts. You have Yeah. Why aren't you dialed in? If there's somebody that should be as loud and boisterous and walking around and throwing things down, it should be Patrick Mahomes, and he doesn't. So that's just me. But, hey, I thought it was a great game. I I said, actually, um, 
Tyson Rowicki, who's an Eagles fan, and I were talking, he'll um, uh, confirm this. On, on Friday, I said, if the Chiefs win this game because the Eagles are better, it'll be Andy Reid and the coaching staff. And I thought Andy Reid and the coaching staff in that second half yeah. won them that game. And so I give them full credit for that. And I don't hate the Chiefs. I just had the Eagles and wish the Eagles See, had won. I, I, I but figured I'm okay out, with them winning yeah. and stuff. But that call, Cam? Well, I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to talk about that hold. Okay, so... I, I, now, this is one of those situations where, Jim, all the everybody comes up and they all gather around and everyone goes, by the letter of the law of the game, that's a penalty. It is a penalty. It is a penalty. You're not allowed to he, touch him that far he, down the he, field he, either. Here's my problem. It didn't. He didn't turn his body. I don't think he impeded his speed at getting down uh, towards the end zone. So while I understand... It By the letter of the law, yeah. and he even admitted it. I'm not acting like uh, James Bradbury here, the cornerback for the Eagles. He admitted that it was a hold, and he did grab his jersey. Okay, that's a hold. But I'm seeing a situation that happens probably almost every single play in the NFL. And you throw, you have a ball, and I think Patrick Mahomes saw it. I think that's why he threw the ball in that direction, and he was looking for a call, and he got it. Um, I didn't. I, I, didn't, I think I he didn't, overthrew the ball. I thought he, uh, Juju was supposed to be there. It was uncatchable, even if he didn't touch. It was him, uncatchable. He wasn't get so to so it. that's my that's my problem with it. I mean, was it was it was it a hold? Yeah, by 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 textbook example, and going and looking at it in the details and stuff like that, it was a penalty. I didn't like that it was called though. Here's and, my and my, and, my bo- and I'm not going to change how I feel. I felt about it. That's just it. I just, I just don't. Here's my problem with it. It is a penalty, and it wasn't called all game. Yeah. So if you let that go all game long, then you cannot call it. Then yeah. If you called it in the first quarter when the eagle player more drastically grabbed the jersey and held him and you didn't call it, then you cannot call that at that part of the game. Yeah, That's what incenses any fan, whether you're Chiefs or Eagles fan or whatever sport you watch, is the inconsistency of officiating. We talk about it all the time yeah. in the NHL. So when people ask me, is, is that a penalty? And I'm like, yeah, it is. And, they, and then they got to ask me, is it a penalty in that game? And I'm like, no, it's not, because that went on all game long. So now the player, late in the fourth quarter, understands what he can do and what he can't do. And... You 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 call that play so and then I had all the conspiracy theorists saying and I well, even you, mentioned you, this but you know they're always going to come up want, in a situation like because this because of the because of the conference final against Cincinnati the officiating was so one sided that there's this now mantra and I look if Tom Brady's out of the NFL who does the NFL want in the Super Bowl well they're big Patrick sh- Mahomes yeah he's a big guy so I don't I'm not a big conspiracy theorist I don't think it's that far I just think it's you know, and then we'll go back, Cam, a couple of years. Do you remember the, the holding on the, the Rams-New Orleans game where the guy got tackled before the ball even came It was to the him? pass interference. was the worst call did, in the history of the league. And they didn't call it? It was the worst call in the history of the league. So how do you have that a couple of years ago where the guy is tackled, tackled, and it's not called, and this guy does something that they, both sides were doing all game long, and it's called at that point in the game? Yeah. That's so, how I feel. That's and, how I feel. And, and my problem with this is, is, is it took away from a great game. Took away from the and, – and I knew the moment that it happened. It's like, okay, that's going to be the conversation. It's not going to be the game went down to the wire. It's the fact of the matter is, is that there was a questionable call made at the end, a controversial one, however you feel about it. I didn't like it. It was a hole, but I didn't, I didn't like it. I just didn't. That's just how I feel I felt about it. But um, So here's the other thing, too, that I um, 
Uh, How much did you lose? How much money did you lose, Jim? Well, I took some props on Hertz. I took some props on the quarterback okay, well, he score. Did the pretty, first he did pretty good. And I, I snuck one in on him getting three touchdowns. So well, you don't need to tell me was it was how big. No, I don't like talking about this because no matter how big I win, I still not ahead. So, okay. so it doesn't <laughs> right. matter. Okay. But it was a good Super Bowl for that oh, one. Okay, that's good. I'm happy but, you won. Oh, but, you didn't listen but to my other prop- Skyler Peters then, right? Because he loses right, every yeah. time. Just yeah. whatever he says to He's the He's got a rough time. But my other um the the other problem with the game I had, I forgot my point that I was gonna make though, and it was but and it took away from the fact that it was such oh, this is my why can't Jalen Hurts be the MVP? I was thinking that exact point. Like, we've seen this. It's rare, but like Ron Hextall won the Conn Smythe when he took the the Oilers of the 80s to Game 7 uh, of the Stanley Cup Final, and he was handed the Conn Smythe. There was a goaltender, too, at some point that won. Who like, was it? Like, who was the best player on the field yesterday? Who was the MVP of that game? It was Jalen Hurts. Yeah, he was the best. He ran for three touchdowns. He threw for another one. And I, Patrick Mahomes had three TDs, but he had 180 yards. And he, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. to me, the best player on the field was Jalen Hurts. And that should have been the MVP of the game. That's not how it works, though, Jimbo. I know, but that's it. I, I, again, I thought it was a great game other than those little points. Yep. And don't let Kelsey's agitation with me ruin it. I thought it was a really good game back and forth. Um, uh, what'd you make of the ending? Because that, like, that doesn't happen in the CFL where you can just kill two minutes. Well, that's what I don't like. But you know, there's one thing I did see in the game that was very CFL, and you're going to start seeing this in the NFL. And I've been saying this for ten years, Jim. I sit there with my wife when I'm watching football, and she she goes, well, "I don't care about this sort of thing, Cam. Why are you?" I think the same thing happens in your house. Oh yeah. Where she sit and she's just like, "What? What are you talking yeah. to me about?" And I'm saying, Why are you talking and, about and, a and I, 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 I paused. I paused the game, and I said, "Listen, watch." The, watch the fourth and one, fourth and fourth and um, fourth and short, fourth and inches, and and Jalen Hurts goes under center and he plows forward. The offensive line does a wedge and they get the they get the first down. That's been a routine play in the Canadian Football League for how long? How long? How and it's taken it's taken this long for somebody in the NFL and and the commentators on on Fox yesterday on the Super Bowl. I can't believe how good they are at this. Well, these guys haven't been watching the Canadian Football League because this has been a routine play. And you're going to start seeing, and I, there's been a lot of people who are watching that, and they're going to they're going to notice. You're not going to because it takes the NFL, the old fogies in the coaching staffs. It takes them forever to get anything into their thick skulls, and you're going to start seeing them go on fourth and inches, and they're going to start doing this exact thing. Former wedge, offensive line, over the top. We're going to keep the sticks well, moving because the they were punting. They would punt on fourth and inches for years. And years, I'm thinking, why are they doing this? Even the fact that they line up the receivers in the back to help push, like there's just no hiding it, and this yeah. is what we're doing, and yeah. they go about and do it. So Jay Shiger yes. was the one who won so the punts. So I think Han Jalen hurts. The MVP. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it's just it's clear he was the better quarterback in the yeah. game. Even thanks I, for those text messages, Alex and, um, and other guys. But yeah, so I, I like the I like the game. I thought it was great. I know we're going to talk hockey next, but we we had to talk this as everyone discussing it. I, I yeah, yeah, that's a Super Bowl. We're look, talk it, and the great bat. game. I just that's the one part of the NFL. I love both leagues. I love the CFL. Always have yep. grew up on it. I love the NFL too. But the big thing I hate is. Like, who wouldn't have liked, like, say McKinnon runs that touchdown in. Of course. Then there's a minute 30 left, and they don't need a field goal. They need a touchdown. Wouldn't that be a more exciting end for fans? I, and let the clock, At least a chance. I'm not saying the NFL needs to change the clock. we got to go to break here. But just, just in terms, not through the entire game, but after the two-minute warning, 
just change the CFL rules at the end there because everybody would have liked to see that. You're running the clock off for a minute and 45. It's Man, just not. We closed that game. We closed out the Super Bowl by taking three knees. It shouldn't be like that. Like, I, I think it should be like. Get the, I don't know how you force them to score, but the clock and everything else you can fix. It wouldn't happen in the CFL. Rob, CFL, there'd be 30 seconds left. You'd have a shot. Rob texts the show 204-780-6868. Uh, he says, Tiger Cats, the true Super Bowl champs, reveal the redacted documents. I think you might be onto something, Rob. Talk to me. Text the show 204-780. Let's get in no touch. No one picked we're gonna, us. We're going to Except for half the world that knows like, that you have the MVP it, at quarterback. What's what's the mentality? Like it's just you have to be that ultra competitive that anyone doubts you. It's like I'm going to prove to them Put how Put some long. respect on our name. Like who's disrespecting the, you're the Kansas most, City Chiefs? You're the most insecure Super Bowl champion I've ever heard. The last 5 years they have been at the top of the list on teams that are going to go and win the Super Respect Bowl. Respect the name Chiefs. Look at the list today. Who's the best chance to win? The way too early scores. Kansas City Chiefs at the top of that list. No one disrespected them. No Come one on. picked us. No one in the uh, free world picked the Chiefs Dan, with Patrick Mahomes in this offense to win the Super Bowl. Dan Texas show. He says, plus Kelsey is the worst touchdown Selly dance ever. Well, I'm not going to deny that he one. He is good, though. He's the best. We'll be right back. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB. Hello, Sarah. Hello. Hi, Sarah. Do you watch the Super Bowl? <laughs> it's your one-minute power play with Sarah McCarthy. Do you mean the Rihanna concert? Did you just tune in for that? I thought it was a pretty good show. <laughs> I did. Wa- I watched it. I, my best. As did, best as I could. <laughs> did you shine bright like a diamond? I'm glad she ended with that one. Yeah, just that's your you go-to. What there about you know. Pay Me My Money? Were you on <gasps> that for the first one? I, ca- I predicted she would open with something hard-hitting like that. So. Yeah. yeah, it was I good. figured it was going to be one of her big hits. It was a good compilation of all her big hits, I think. So. Yeah, that was a good show. Good I game, I had no problem too. with it whatsoever. <laughs> no problem whatsoever. Do you have uh, any air fryer wings? No wings. Do you have Pizza? an air fryer? I don't have an air fryer, actually. Thin or I thick have crust? an oven. I don't know. That's all I need. What what food did you <laughs> eat for the Super Bowl, Sarah? Uh, pizza, chips, uh, Cheetos. 12-pack. Mm. <laughs> Mickey of I'm Fireball. surprised she even was Sunday able to get night. Work Come on. Mickey of Fireball. <laughs> That's no. not around. <laughs> That's your one-minute power play with Sarah McCarthy. Our Thanks, best Sarah. ever. Thanks, yeah, Sarah. Best Thank ever. you, It's guys. our best ever. Yeah. Um, we're going to bring Paul Edmonds onto the show in just a few minutes here, but just want to give you a quick little uh, note um, from practice today. Dylan DeMello in a regular practice jersey. No David Gustafson. Uh, decision going to have to be made about who's going to be going down when he comes back in the lineup. That'll happen, of course, before tomorrow's game uh, with the Kraken who are in town uh, for a 7 o'clock puck drop, uh, 5 o'clock pregame. Um, I'll tell you, even that nine o'clock start on Saturday against the Blackhawks, that one even kind of threw me for a loop just because, you know, the game's not ending till 1130. Like I'm because of the hours that I keep, I got to kind of go to bed early. Yeah. So even during the weekdays, I start getting pretty sleepy around 1130. I felt bad for Edmonds and Thomas having to work so late. No. They're usually at the woods somewhere by that hour. <laughs> uh, practice today, Ehlers, Shifley, Wheeler, Connor, Dubois, Perfetti, uh, Barron, Lowry, Appleton, Menelainen, Stenland, Kuhlman uh, on a line there. So Appleton back up on that third line with Barron and Lowry. And then uh, Alec, uh, Axel Janssen, Fjallaby, and uh, Sam Gagne, um, the, the two forwards out. Uh, Morrissey, Pionk, Dylan, DeMello, uh, Kev, uh, Brandon Dillon with Dylan DeMello, uh, S- uh, Dylan Sandberg, and then Nate Schmidt is your top six on defense, Capobianco, and um, Stanley. 
Uh, and bring it on to the program now. We got Paul Edmonds, uh, play-by-play voice of the Winnipeg Jets, right here on 680 CJOB. Paul, how you doing? A uh, real good, gentlemen. Yeah, I've recovered from uh, that nine o'clock or nine thirteen start time. Yeah, um, but it's you know it's a lot of fun. They've done it before, but not for a little while. And let's maybe get prepared here, gentlemen, because if they get into the playoffs and get a little bit deeper than maybe the first round, and depending on how many Canadian teams are in, uh, it might be a, a pretty popular and consistent scenario for the Jets to be the second game of a doubleheader. Um, and those kind of start times will be uh, pretty prevalent uh, coming up. So I think we probably need to have an eye on getting used to an 8.30 or 9 o'clock start in the future here. Yay. Okay, thanks, thanks Paul. You're, but you're absolutely right. You're 100% Easy. right. Your lack of enthusiasm for Paul and what Paul's saying to you today. It's is not, it a case of the Mondays? Is it that late Saturday game? It's me waiting it's for Super Tuesday. It's disrespectful. And also, Jim, it's me then having to be up at 4 o'clock know, the next day. You're, you know what, what it's like. What if Anaheim made the playoffs and there was a series? You would be that uh, would those morning hours. But we don't have to worry about that, thanks to Anaheim. Uh, Paul, <laughs> what did you make of the game? Because I, I think you know you look at the four-one score and you look at the second and third period, even the first period with you know I don't think it was too rusty, but there was some there. Um, did you did the game play out the way you kind of thought it would be after eleven day break and a late start? Yeah, I sure did. I thought that they came out with a lot of energy and sort of the enthusiasm and excitement uh, that you would probably predict would happen after 11 days between games and I thought that uh, the only thing that prevented maybe Winnipeg from developing an earlier lead than 3 nothing in the second period was the fact that Chicago had their legs underneath them because they had played now that third game and they were coming off back-to-backs and the goaltender held them in for, for the most part and Peter Morozov um, I guess the first 20 minutes or so and then Winnipeg was able to open up that lead where I thought that it kind of tilted a little was Winnipeg looked like when the game got a little bit further along toward the 60 minutes, um, after the 40-minute mark and into the third period, they seemed to slow at times for the first eight or nine minutes of that third period. And it seemed on back-to-back nights that Chicago, as always is the case, got their legs going later in the game. But then around the midway point of the third period, Winnipeg, having given up a goal already, had a great shift from the Dubois line, and then they kind of hemmed Chicago inside their own zone. And then there was shift after shift after shift after that that they kind of ruled off, and that was the Winnipeg Jets, who I'm speaking of specifically, off that that one shift that the Dubois line had where they churned down inside the Blackhawks. And and then Winnipeg took control of the game again. But, you know, at 3-1, it was a little bit unquestionable what was going to happen here because Chicago came in and had some zone time again. But, yeah, it did. It played out, uh, I think, predictably the way that you thought it was going to be. Winnipeg would come out, barnstorm. They did. They ended up with a 3 nothing lead and then sort of tired or, or fatigued as, as the period got into the third. Chicago found their legs. But overall, I think you can't really critique a whole lot of what Winnipeg did because overall, for 60 minutes, it was pretty consistent and a pretty good return here at home. What what do you, what do you th- like moving forward here and and, and looking at the, the the Seattle game here? I mean, it was a, it was a pretty good effort. Um, how did you how did you what did you think about the, um, the the rest of the game and, and heading into the uh, the next couple of weeks? How important are they to s- sort of set the pace over the next uh, you know for the final twenty nine? Well, you don't know what you're going to get, Cameron. When it comes to Seattle, I mean, they started out well and then they kind of dipped again and then they found a resurgence, climbed to first place in the division, and now have dipped again on this uh, this road trip. So 
I mean, this is a team that's much improved over being the expansion franchise last year. So Winnipeg tomorrow night will be challenged by a Seattle team that, that feels pretty good about themselves in the third and final game of this series and the way they played Winnipeg certainly the last time that the two teams hooked up. Um, so Winnipeg will be fully warned on that. But I think that the Jets are, are in a real good situation here where they're really healthy for the first time really since the start of the year. Looks like Dylan DeMello is going to factor back in tomorrow and there will be a subsequent move that needs to be made to open up a spot, a roster spot for him. So we'll have to watch that down the pike later today. But I think Winnipeg is, is in a real good situation for, for kind of ending this homestand on the right note. And really, when you look at it with the break involved, it's a five-gamer, and now you can have a situation where you can have a winning homestand after the first two losses to Buffalo and Philadelphia to start it, and then kind of wall study here with what is going to be, I think, a challenging road trip when you're going down to Columbus, a team that's beat you already this year. Then you're going into you know the New York area against New Jersey, the Rangers, and the Islanders, and you're going to face the Islanders twice within three games of each other, and their team that's challenging for a a playoff spot in a, in a conference where Winnipeg has not done very well against this year, the East, and more specifically inside of that, they have not played very well against the Metro Division opponents, of which they're going to get a, a pretty good, healthy heaping of uh, in the next week, week and a half to two weeks. So I think they're prepared, they're healthy, they're ready to go. Uh, there was some barking at practice today. The pace was uh, was cranked up a little bit more by Rick Bonus. He wanted to make sure that they were fast and, and passes were on the tape. Uh, so I'm excited about what the 29 games remaining has in store for this team, but more specifically uh, tomorrow night against the Kraken and then after that against uh, some Eastern Conference opponents uh, that I think will present a, a pretty major challenge for this team. And we'll see as a litmus test would tell us where they're at, uh, in fact, coming out of the break. What can you tell us about practice today, Paul, concerning DeMello and maybe Gustafson and anything else? We heard uh, Nick Ehlers took one to the face. Yeah, he kind of thought there was a deflection of a puck. It was kind of on a power play drill, and he was not necessarily net front, but more mid-slot, and the puck kind of came up and caught him either on the ear area or sort of the side of the face and off the visor, and he ended up leaving practice. Um, I don't think it's going to be too serious. It's probably, if it's anything, a laceration, but I don't know that for sure. Uh, Dylan DeMello was with uh, Brendan Dillon today, so they were skating in, in sort of that second pair, if you will, and that's why I say it looks like Dylan DeMello is going to come back after missing uh, just a little bit less than a handful of games, and then we'll see what happens with the subsequent move. But practice today had some pace to it, and uh, they were out there for probably in the neighborhood of uh, just less than an hour, maybe 50 minutes, 5-0. Uh, there was uh, you know, some some pursuit drills, there was uh, five-on-five attacking, there was some getting up the ice, there was some specialty teams. So they, they triggered quite a lot of ground today, uh, but I, I was really noticeable, or what was for me uh, was the tempo and the pace that they were trying to create in terms of being quick and fast. Paul Edmonds, play-by-play voice of the Winnipeg Jets right here on 680 CJOB. Great stuff, Paul. Take care, okay? Thanks so much. Yeah, talk to you guys later. Have a good one. Thanks, Paul. Uh, let's take a break. Let's come back. Um, we'll talk about the game uh, against Chicago, get our uh, both of our uh, separate thoughts on that as well. We'll tag on to that, Jim. Uh, a statue goes up in Los Angeles. Eesh. I, uh, I don't know how to do this because I respect Dustin Brown as a player and the career he had. But if we're building statues for 700 points in 1,200 games, I, I mean, I don't know. Jared Stoll of the Kings must be ecstatic with this news. 
He's probably gathering his family. Well, what do you do for Anze Kopitar? Anze Kopitar, Drew Doughty, like, Jonathan Quick. You're going like, to name the arena. Room, you're you're going to run out of room real quick here. We're going to... No Yari in- Curry? No pun intended. We'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Well, I just flew in from uh, Arizona at the Super Bowl. I was there. And boy, are my, and boy, are my arms tired. <laughs> I have somebody who literally did that to Minneapolis, Eric Nelson, at kickoff 1 o'clock. He's going to talk about Super Bowl week and the game awesome. and where it's going. I'm also going to ask him what the Vikings offseason looks like for all the Vikings fans out there. Well... You know what? If you you can fluke your way all through the regular season, but uh, when it comes to crunch time, it gets a lot more difficult. Anyways, two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. All you need is for nobody to pick you to win the Super Bowl, and you'll just use that as there motivation go. to go. And uh, uh, but this, it was a great game. Yeah. And so was the like. I, what about the Jets for you? Like that's kind of the game that I saw playing out. Um, I, I, well, I didn't think it'd be three nothing in the first. I thought it'd be zero zero. No, I, I th- they had a lot more jump than I thought they would have, and then they sort of just took over the game. Yeah, and, and you knew that there was going to be points when they when they just didn't have their legs because of because of the break, and they were going to be rusty. And it doesn't matter who they're playing. I, I think everybody knows Chicago's not world beaters. They're not a great team. Um, they definitely, uh, well, the, the Jets have like just beat the crap out of them all throughout the year. I think it's like 18 to four. They've outscored them in the games that they played. Um, but you know, I, I thought it was a really good, solid game for the Winnipeg Jets coming off an 11 day break in the all-star and, uh, a, a real good building block game for the final, uh, the final stretch here. I, I thought they got a great game from, from Blake Wheeler. I thought he was out there. He made a, a real heck of a pass. I, I know that that puck that was on his way that missed Pionk from from Nick Ehlers, uh, which put a smile on his face. Uh, but he still got it, man. He found Shifley with a real nice seam pass there, uh, and and Shifley wired that home. That was a real real nice pass. And of course, he's still not afraid to get in front of the net and and, and tip that puck in from from Kyle Connor when they needed to get a goal uh, with that really long um, high sticking call that uh, when Nate Schmidt got whacked there. Um, so I, I was really impressed with Blake's game. Uh, Josh Morrissey, what else is there to say? I thought Hellebuck was real solid with thirty-one with thirty-one saves. And again, Chicago—they're—they're uh, they're not a top team in the league, um, but I thought it was a real good start to the to the sort of the unofficial second half of the season. You know who should have a Travis Kelsey rant is Blake Wheeler. Yeah. I heard from a fan and brought up some great points about our Friday show. He sent me an email. Yeah. We've been emailing back and forth. Mike, I appreciate it. Good points. And I love the discussion going back and forth. But he he ended both emails with, we'll never agree on Blake Wheeler. Yeah. And I said, fair enough. So here's Blake Wheeler after Saturday night. He now has 40 points in 44 games. Mm-hmm. The previous three seasons, which are the three after his back-to-back 91-point seasons when he got the contract. Or sorry, he got it during the the first um, the first one. And then he had ninety. But his last year. three seasons, so he's got forty points in forty four games this year. The previous three seasons, he's been six, four, and five points off point per game seasons. He had sixty five points in seventy one games. He had forty six points in fifty games, and last year he had sixty points in sixty five games. This season, he's doing it all. The forty points in forty four games, averaging two minutes and fourteen seconds less. Mm-hmm. Ice time. This this is I just, do not know yeah. from a perennial seventy five point player what you want more of. This is for just, eight million dollars. If is, you were yeah. Bo Horvat has one season where he's had sixty points. Bo Horvat has one season of sixty points 
and he just got $8.5 million. Well, Jim, I'm 100%. This is just, I'm 100% with you. This is just being a captain of a Canadian franchise. That's all it is. So he should pull a Travis that's, Kelsey. Well, he in the post game should have said, put some damn respect on my name. Because he's no wearing the C. No one picked me to put up this many points in a season. Because he's wearing the C, everybody's watching every movement on the ice. Everybody, and as soon as he got that contract, Jim, every, you knew everyone was going to see oh, he was yeah, overpaid. That, that's and everybody I, just got their binoculars on and watched everything that Blake Wheeler did. He's too old. He can't. Af- we can't afford it. And everybody got their binoculars on, and every single misplay that he did was elevated while those, while those same people that were criticizing all those misplays uh, had no comment about the, the really good plays that he it's, was making. It's the contract, and it makes it ridiculous. Yeah. It's nobody looks at the production. And I constantly ask this about his, his production is look at the point totals per season and then tell me what buys what you get for eight million dollars. There are guys that score sixty points that make eight million dollars. Du- he <laughs> is on pace for the past yeah. three years for seventy five. If Dustin Brown, I understand Dustin Brown won two cups with the LA Kings and had some really great teams. If he's the threshold for trophies, Blake Wheeler's in on a. Tr- I mean, is in on a statue here in Winnipeg. I just I don't get like I under- he's not on the first line anymore. He's he's playing two minutes less a night. And which is at 36, probably getting more production out of him that way by not riding him so much. Just like Dustin Bufflin was a better player when you didn't play him 28 minutes a night. I just, I don't get the hate for this. The co- they have 7 million in cap space. He's not taking up too much cap space. He's, he's producing at 36 years old. He's four points off a point per game pace. He's going to score if this continues he's going to score 78 points in 82 games for 8.25 million. He's going to hit 1000 points too, I'm convinced of it. 100%. He's got 80 too, more points to do. He's going to do it. And I'm not saying he's not without his faults and he's not this. I just I don't know it's the contract and it's ridiculous. There's very few players that are perfect, Jim. Like of course there's some issues. There isn't a perfect player. No. But I just so anyway, that's what I I, I Manny text the show. And, and some people go, Oh, he scored against Chicago or, or he did against it. Yeah, look at his Colorado game. Look yeah, at his I, Dallas I hate game. That stuff. Look at his I mean Well, you, Kyle Connor didn't score, so does he can't he's not a goal scorer he didn't score getting, against Chicago. Unless you're getting twelve points a night only against non playoff teams, you can't average that close to a point per game player. You're producing against good teams in good situations. And also Cab, he has six <laughs> Six game-winning goals this year for the team. That's a good one. That's a good point. In 44 uh, games, he has six game winners, but, oh, no room for him on this team. Yeah, uh, Dave Y says, I'm glad they were playing Chicago after 11 days off. I mean, it was a good opponent to kind of get your feet wet against. I'm not going to say that. And I'll leave you with this, listeners. I'll be in a better mood on Tuesday. Tuesdays are great Super for me. Tuesdays, man. <laughs> Mondays I, are. Oh, man, I just live. I live for Tuesdays. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Manny says, Jim, if Shifley, Connor, and Bucky win two cups in Winnipeg, they'll be building them statues. I would say at the end of their careers, those three will likely have more points than Dustin there, Brown. There is something to the fact that Dustin Brown played his all 1,200 games there. That I get. But I still don't think playing your whole career somewhere. Uh, look, is he a Hall of Famer? No. Dustin Brown, no, I'm he's sorry, he's not a Hall of Famer. He's absolutely not a Hall of Famer. Hall of Famers need statues. Very Dust, few Dustin Hall of Famers Brown need statues. Ha- Dustin Brown can have his, his jersey retired, his number. Nobody else can wear 23 for the Kings. I'm fine with that. Well, just across in L.A., and we, we got to go here, but in L.A., Timo Solani, Paul Correa, Ryan Getzlaff, and Corey Perry should all then get statues in Anaheim. Why not? 
They won a cup. They had way all those Hall of Famers. I'll counter that point with if Mark Shifley finishes career here and puts up a thousand points and plays a thousand games, he'll go to the Hall of Fame. He should have a statue with no cup. That's different than what Dustin Brown is to me. Sorry, uh, Forche. Thanks so much for producing the show, buddy. Jim Tuesday will be better. All the way Tomorrow will be better. You know what? I just I'm I just need a Tuesday to recharge. I just it. I just need to get through Monday and Tuesday will be fun. We'll uh, have fun tomorrow. That's it for me. See you. Game day. Bye. Jets at noon on six eight CJOB.